0: Every one of us needs someone, at least one person in our lives that we allow to speak into our lives with wisdom, with instruction, maybe rebuke when necessary. And probably if you and I think about it quite a bit, we'll uh, recognize that there have been quite a few people, at least that's the way it has been for me. One of the very prominent persons in in my life was my dad, my father. Um, He was a pastor, and that had a lot of influence as well, but mainly he was my dad, and I just have, I could tell you many stories, of course, about that, but I remember on one occasion, it was the occasion of me getting ready to graduate from high school, and Uh, It just worked out nicely that I was the salutatorian of my high school class. Now that sounds really impressive, but you have to recognize that there were only 28 people in my class, so I could have left that out and you would have been really amazed, but I, I wanted to be full disclosure with you. Anyway, on that occasion, you know what happens when you're the salutatorian, you have to give a little speech or welcome speech at the graduation ceremony now you might find this hard to believe but I had never given a public speaking or done a public speaking engagement before in my life and I was scared out of my mind and what am I going to do I did not want to do that I almost considered trying to tank my grades so that I wouldn't have to (laughs) do this but I didn't do that fortunately but then I remembered wait a minute I've got somebody in my family who's an expert at public speaking. My dad, he's a preacher, so I asked my dad if he would work with me to prepare my three-minute speech, and um, he did. He helped me a lot, organize what I was trying to say, and work through it. And insisted that I go to the church and I practice, you know, in front of a large group of people, and it worked out very, very well. And I appreciate all that my dad and many other people did to speak into my life. And I think if you've already been thinking probably about folks in your life that did speak into your life or are speaking into it right now, we need those kind of people, a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, maybe a pastor, a teacher, uh, a trusted friend a neighbor or all of the above perhaps as good as, as as important as it is to have people speaking and instructing into our lives i want us to see that more important than any other person speaking into our life in our, into our life it must be the lord jesus christ himself Now, the two aren't necessarily opposed to each other. People are God's gift to us and can speak his wisdom. But ultimately, we need to recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ has to be the ultimate one that speaks authority into our lives and into our churches as well. If we don't have that personally, and if we don't have Christ as our ultimate authority as a church then personally we can become people who are self-reliant, um, arrogant, not recognizing our own faults, not recognizing where we, have, uh, where we are uh, not living up to the way we should be doing things. This can happen when we do not humbly accept the words of others into our life. And this can happen to a church as well. We're going to look at a church from the scriptures this morning where this had happened. And it was becoming a tragic circumstance for them. In the first century, the church, there was a church in Asia Minor, there were actually quite a few churches in Asia Minor, which we would call Turkey today. And this church's name was Laodicea. And in Laodicea, the The Lord Jesus Christ sends a message. We find it in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. We'll go there in just a moment. The Lord Jesus sends a message to this church in Laodicea through the apostle John, who had been exiled on the island of Patmos. And what we find as we read this letter is that the church in Laodicea was dangling precariously from the edge of a spiritual cliff because they were not allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to speak into their life as a church, to show them the reality of who they were and what they were really doing and what was really going on. So let's turn to that passage of Scripture. It's Revelation chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And this is Christ's letter to the church in Laodicea. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm And eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered, and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Christ's letter to the church in Laodicea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to take time right now to hear from you. And as we just read, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We are included in that term, churches. We here at Doolin's Grove and we as individuals make up your family, the church. So we just ask that in whatever way you see fit, you will speak to us individually and as a church through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The church in Laodicea, this letter in many ways that Christ wrote to that church in the first century, this letter in many ways is very pertinent to our church Today, And I'm not just talking about Doolin's Grove Church, I'm talking about mainly the Western American church. There's a lot in this letter that can speak to us. And it's not always a pleasant thing, if you didn't catch that when when, uh, I was reading it. The church in Laodicea was a wealthy church, very wealthy. Laodicea, the city, had grown up and been built up on at the intersection of two main trading routes in Asia Minor. And so because it was there, it naturally became a a center, a commercial center, a lot of economic growth, trading and business going on in Laodicea. The economy was was, uh, booming in Laodicea. And there was also a large industry, a wool industry, W-O-O-L, a wool industry going on in Laodicea, in which they produced this this beautiful, shiny, uh, black wool that was prized all around the world. So you can see that that also brought in a lot of income for the region around Laodicea. Not only that... Laodicea was known as a pharmaceutical production area. They produced things like ISAV, which we just read about, and other things. Uh, so there was a lot going on, and there was a lot of commercial and business enterprise going on. And the church, as a result, reflected the, the community around it. It was a wealthy church. The people that were part of the church uh, were largely probably businessmen, businesswomen, and those involved in, um, in production in a lot of ways. So Jesus says, I know your works. I know your works. And that's a penetrating statement for the church in Laodicea and also for us. Because Jesus is the one who knows the deepest things. <laughs> Nothing can be hidden from his sight. And Jesus says to the church in Laodicea, you may be rich, you may have everything you need, but you're ugly. In fact, Jesus says, you're foul-tasting to me. Now, that's that's pretty negative. (laughs) Jesus says, you, in in my mouth, you, you taste nasty, and therefore I'm going to spit you out. Why would Jesus say this to the church in Laodicea? What was it about them? Was it the fact that they were wealthy? Is wealth bad? Well, no, not in and of itself. It's all in what you do with your wealth, what God has given you. Why would it be that Jesus would come to this church and say, you, you, have a, you leave a nasty taste in my mouth? The reason behind Jesus' statement is simply the fact that they were, or they thought they were, self-sufficient, self-reliant. They prided themselves on being able to do anything that they needed to do, to have anything that they needed to have. That is also, in a large part, the American church, in a general sense today. We are the wealthiest church in the history of the world. We have more stuff than anybody in the world has ever had at any time. And there's a huge temptation for us, in our context, to be the church in Laodicea. To say, I don't need anything. I don't really need what other people might have. We've got everything that we need. The result was that the ministry of the church in Laodicea, their self-reliance, as they say, I should back up and read verse 17, where Jesus says this very clearly. You say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. The church, self-reliant, self-sufficient. I don't need anything. And the result then was that the, the ministry of the church in Laodicea had eroded to a shocking level. To the level where Jesus was, say, was about to say, I'm actually going to just spit you out of my mouth. There wasn't much going on because they didn't have much to offer. Ironically, of all ironies, The church that thinks it had everything to offer to the world around it had almost nothing to offer the world around it. And that's because they weren't drawing on the true source of the world. Uh, They weren't drawing on the true source of what the world needs and what the church needs. Jesus described their condition, if you look at verse 15, he described their condition as being like that of lukewarm Water. Verse 15, backing up, Jesus says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. And he says, But you're lukewarm. Laodicea did not, the city itself, did not have a, a, a source of water, drinking water, from within itself the drinking water for the city had to be channeled from a nearby city called Hierapolis that was about six miles away. And in Hierapolis, there were hot springs. So the water source was a hot spring source. And by the time... The water came up in Hierapolis and was channeled by probably one of those famous Roman aqueducts that you may have seen pictures of. And it was channeled six miles down to Laodicea for their drinking water. By the time it arrived in Laodicea, it was simply not hot anymore. It was lukewarm. And Jesus simply picks up on this very common occurrence of what's, what happened in Laodicea and says, you know what, church? That's your condition. You're not cold and you're not hot. Cold water has some wonderful uses, especially on warm, hot summer days, refreshing and cooling things down. Hot water also has some excellent uses. I used it this morning to take my shower and to drink and all all kinds of things. But what use is lukewarm water? We don't like to drink it, it tastes nasty. And that's what Jesus says is is the situation for your church. You're You're a lukewarm water in my mouth. So Jesus says to them, let me speak into your life as a church, Laodicea. Let me show you your true condition. You're only fooling yourselves, thinking that you have everything you need. And here's the point, really, for the church in Laodicea and and for us. If, If we don't let the Lord Jesus Christ speak into our life, personally, individually, but also as a church, corporately, if we don't allow him to show us our weaknesses, our failures, where we fall short, if we don't allow him to show us our bad habits, our misguided thinking, our wrong priorities, if we don't allow that, then we will never be drawn to him. We will never do what he says to do. And that is what, and what he says to do is come to me as your source for what you need. Come to me and draw real water of life that is can be offered to your community, can be offered to your country. We will never come to Jesus to receive what he can only give. Jesus said to that church in verse 18, He he, he told them to buy three things from him. Again, just kind of playing off the idea that they had lots of money. So he says, come, come and buy from me, first of all, gold. Verse 18, gold refined by fire for true riches. God tells us that true riches are found only in knowing and in following the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? It is so easy for us as a people to be deceived by the bankruptcy of riches it is so easy for us to think that money is going to provide everything that we need and i know probably all of you have heard that before a thousand times but it's worth repeating is it not i have to be reminded of that what's the what's the mastercard old commercial uh, something, for everything else, there's MasterCard, you know. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, maybe you don't, but <laughs> I don't know. In other words, pretty much, if, if you want happiness, pull that MasterCard out, and it's going to work for you. Jesus says, come and buy from me pure gold that's refined, uh, refined for true riches. In Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, called it the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. It is something that money cannot buy. Money can't buy the abundant and true eternal life found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. The rich young ruler who came to Jesus found that out. Money can't buy it. Jesus then says, don't just buy gold from me, buy white garments, in that same verse, I believe, white garments for true clothing. Especially in the book of Revelation, the color white symbolizes purity, symbolizes um, uh, being washed from sin. It, it symbolizes righteousness. And Jesus says, I want you to, I want you to put on." the righteousness that only comes from me, that only comes from knowing me as your Lord and Savior. And then he says, the hard reality is church in Laodicea and to you and me, if we're not wearing the pure righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we're naked. We're not just wearing like ugly clothes. We're naked, he says. You don't realize it, church in Laodicea, Jesus says, but you are wretched, poor, uh, blind, pitiable, and naked because you don't have the pure righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a word for you and for me because the Lord Jesus wants us to put on, in a sense, his righteousness every single day and walk every single day in the righteousness of Christ. We cannot walk in our own self-sufficiency. We cannot live according to our own, you know, good sense and our own good manners and behavior. Jesus says, if you do that, you're just, you're really naked. The only way to have true clothing is to come to me and I will give you my righteousness. That's what he wants you and me to walk in every day. That's what he wants the church to walk in every day. White garments for true clothing. And finally he says, come to me and buy this eye salve or ointment, if you will, for, for you to see properly, for true sight The Bible tells us that without the eye medicine, the salve, that only Jesus can give, we're blind. And the worst part is, we don't even know it. We don't even know that we're blind. It's the Holy Spirit who can, it is only the Holy Spirit who can open our eyes to see God's reality about who we are, and especially God's reality about who we are without him, without the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal his truth in our lives, to open our eyes, and that can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, to the church in Laodicea, Jesus says, and, and to us perhaps, he says, you don't realize how pitiful you really are without me. Without the Lord's help, we can't even see that we are wretched in the words that he uses, wretched, naked, pitiful, and blind. But in his grace, by his Holy Spirit, the Lord awakens us to realize our true condition. And it's only then That we can open up our hands to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive from the Lord what only He can give. We can't find it in MasterCard or anywhere else. And Jesus would say to the church in Laodicea, and He'd say to us at Doolin's Grove, and any church that seeks to follow Him, you can't give to a world something that you drum up or you buy. Or something that you think you have in and of yourself. The only thing of value that you can give to your community, that you can give to your family, that you can give to your country. He says, the only thing of value comes from me. That's what the church is all about. It's not about the beautiful programs that we might have. There's nothing wrong with programs. it's It's not about the beautiful music that we might have as a church. Nothing wrong with music, but it's all about the presence and the power, the living power of the Lord Jesus Christ in his church. That, friends, is what we have to offer to the world. And that's what Jesus wants to say to the church in Laodicea. And sometimes for us to to see that, he has to shock us and say, look, You think you're pretty well off and you've got everything you need, but let me show you the true reality of what's going on. So my challenge is simple to you. Don't allow anything less than the Lord Jesus Christ to be the number one voice into your life. Okay, there's a lot of good voices out there, and many of them can be used of the Lord. But ultimately, everything has to come back to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and his word in your life, in my life, and in the life of our church. Nothing can ever substitute for him. Believe me, we try a lot, but nothing can ever substitute for him. We must daily allow the light of his word to penetrate our lives and all that we do so that his light comes into our life and shines through us to the world around us. So our question is to the Lord, if we're willing, if we have the ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, are we willing to open our hands to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, yeah, maybe I have to own some of this that you say to the church in Laodicea, Lord. Maybe there are ways that I don't realize how bad off I am because I'm deceiving myself or thinking thinking incorrectly about the realities. Unless we do this, we too will become like the church in Laodicea with nothing to offer the world. Now, I don't know about you. Well, I think I know about you. You don't want that. (laughs) I don't want that. We have the greatest treasure that can ever be imagined and that is the gospel of the lord jesus christ and that is what we have to offer to a world let us never ever forget that or never ever go away from that let's pray father in heaven thank you for this reminder it it's a it's a strong word that you've given to us here in revelation but As you said, those that you love, you reprove and discipline. So help us to accept this word as a word of love from you. Thank you for the greatest treasure there is, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that as a church, we will always be faithful to him and to his message, to shine the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in our community, in our families, and in our lives, wherever we would go and whoever we have contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.